Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Have you seen how retarded physique athletes are at the top level? I mean, genuinely thick. Anybody else seen that? Um, are, you, are we supposed to be surprised in any way? or? No, no, we leave this blinding, blinding idiots. Some guy had a waist training on this morning. I'm looking at just now. Had a waist training on. I feel it helps me lose water. Get me more shredded for sure. What did you want? I thought we'd also discuss your use of the word retarded. Did we? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Is it offensive? It be, well, some people might find it offensive, yeah. I find Brett offensive, more offensive than retarded. I, fi- I find... Is I that find because they're retarded? I find, your, I find your rugby team offensive, that they claim you a thing they can win. Johnny... I have it on. I I have it on record. Sorry. You said we will beat you. You didn't beat us. In fact, you parked the bus. I mean, for hey. Christ's sake, that's, that's almost like watching us play West Ham or Leicester. You're supposed to be Man United. You're not supposed to park buses. What was that? Mid, what was that midfield? Three injuries in the first half. Oh, um, I'm sorry. Oh, well. I'm sorry because that changed anything. You were better for the last ten minutes of the second half after it all gone off. Thing is. You were expected to win. We have been, well, we played decently well, but right. I, I, with a full squad, we would beat new. Hundred percent. No, you wouldn't. Hundred percent. No, you wouldn't have. Yeah. What? What? Claire? I haven't even watched the game, so I'm just, I'm just, I'm talking shit. You, 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 you wouldn't, you wouldn't have beaten us, mate. We were terrible. Don't get me wrong. In fact, we were very, very, very poor, and I think huge um, opportunity missed by us because we should have turned you over easily. But we just got, that's, we just, we were terrible today. Typical Scouse fan. Typical no, Scouse fan. No, it's not, mate. That's No, it's not. That's a level-headed, a level-headed, level-headed rational response. In that, I think, what, let's just, just listen to what the media comes out with tomorrow, mate. I'm sure you'll find that most people will be saying um, we've missed an opportunity. You haven't recorded that bit, have you? Because that'll be the most oh, boring start to a podcast ever. It wasn't yeah, the, ir- the, the, the irony of you saying that, Paul. In that tone, oh, you haven't recorded that, have you? Boring football chapter. Don't, don't do that. You've just hurt my ears. Well, we anyway. I have recorded, and we are starting. So this is episode ninety nine zero, and and we almost, if it weren't for that prick Ed, had a full house. So close, but yeah, so far. Yeah. So obviously, I've just intimated. That obviously, well, we know we've got Paul and Johnny. Fran, have you even spoke yet? I don't think so, but hi. <laughs> Fran's back. Guess who's I keep back. quiet during the football chat. Yeah. Don't have a clue what's going on. It is the How best. Is it's the best sport. It is the best sport. No, no. I, I would is... rather... I, 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 I was more looking forward to watching my United Liverpool, even though I didn't get to watch it, than I, than I was Wales England rugby. I really couldn't care about Wales England rugby. Me neither. I didn't. I didn't watch it. I watched it. It's good. What are you drinking now? Me? Oh, ooh, ooh. Mm. Raspberry, ooh. raspberry Pepsi Max. Delight. Did you know this? Cherry. Harvesters had all these way, 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 way before they came out to like Tesco's and all these places. Do you notice Probably. that? Who? Yeah. 
Harvester. Harvester, as in what? Give me three years. Or yeah, well, this. mate, that's just because they do mix machines like everything else. They have you can mix like, like if you're gonna five guys, you can have raspberry, blueberry, vanilla, cherry. And the best thing you can put them all together into one cup and have an absolute fanfare of a drink. Another tick for five guys. Fuck five guys. Anyway, anyway, um, I don't like your saying? language. Sorry, Johnny. Sorry, sorry. Um, nice hoodie, by the way, Fran. It's very nice. Hi, repping the brand. Had it on in the gym as well today. Oh, lovely. Every opportunity. Does anyone ever I... ask you about it? Or do they just go, what is that? No, everyone knows uh, the brand because I think when I first started working for you guys, when I first joined the team, I told everyone and then I started wearing the clothes. Um, occasionally people take the piss of me, I don't know, just, oh, no nonsense nutrition. Can I eat this? <laughs> Can I eat this sweet in my middle of my workout, please? But other than that, banned her. It's definitely the worst thing about people knowing you're in your nutrition is it asks you such stupid questions. Or assume that you're going to judge them for doing yeah. X, Y, Z, and I couldn't care less what most of them do. Brett does. I say I judge most people in the office at least. There's a, there's a there's a there's a young lady who sits next to me that when she has porridge every morning, I say, oh oats, oh. Brett, you give people eating disorders <laughs> and fuck what? So oats, oh Jesus! And then she go, are they bad? I said, are they? I don't know, are they? Just, just leave it there. She knows I'm only joking. Anyway, anyway, so um, who hasn't been on recently? Johnny, you've Johnny. Well, let's let's, let's start with Fran because you've definitely not been on recently. So um, how has things been of late? Um, yes, it's been really well. I think the last time I came on was before I went on holiday, maybe. So I, you've been on hold about eight times since. Twice, but yeah, close. <laughs> um, I've been away quite a lot the last couple of weeks, and then since I've been back, I've been permanently ill. So that's been a joy. Uh, but oh. I can't because holiday was fantastic. So um, yeah, and straight back into uni as well. So term starts again. So I've got deadlines left, right, and centre. But it's all all stuff I enjoy. So yeah. All good. Not too much going on. Right. Okay. Two questions, but they're kind of the same question, but in two scenarios. Um, Yep. Best one item of food you had in Berlin and New York. Ooh. uh, Yeah. So New York, we went to um, this. I think it was more just experience. We went to this like typical New York diner where all of the waitresses and waiters like break out in song every second, and they're like running around and. Like just putting on like a almost like a West End show inside the restaurant, um, but we had absolutely banging like chips, greasy burgers, just like proper American food. It probably it wasn't, wasn't... A Johnny Rockets, was it? Uh, no, it was a place called Ellen's Diner. Ellen's Diner. Are they like Diner. pretend that? Are they want to be actors basically? Yeah, so they're like people trying to get into the West End themselves. So they're all actually pretty decent, um, but it's just uh, it's quite an experience. But I'd recommend it to anyone in New York because it's quite fun. But yeah, that's Berlin. Berlin. Gosh, that seems like such a long time ago. I can't even remember what we ate. I'd probably have to refer back to my Instagram. We ate a lot of Asian food. We went to, um, on the first night we were there, we went to like a little, um, it looked like some kind of crack den from the outside. But when you go in, it was like an authentic, and it had been recommended to us, an authentic um, Asian faux place. 
Um, and they only served about two dishes, but it was probably the best kind of noodles I've had ever. Right. So, yeah, that, was that, nice. um, that sounds a little crack? bit like... Hold on. I'm talking, Paul. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was just going to say it sounds a bit like five... Uh, five guys. It's your fault that is, Paul. Implant oh. in my brain. A bit like Almost Famous in Manchester in the Northern Quarter. Because that, I believe, was actually in an old brothel. And it looked like it is still in an yeah. old brothel. Um, and you're like, oh, are we going to get food poisoning in here? And then yeah, it's well, amazing. I could, I could even find it almost famous. It's like, nah, it can't be here. And it kept going back and forth to these two restaurants. Like, now it's not here. Even though Google Maps is right in the middle here. And there was uh, some steps up in between two buildings to the upper floor. And that was like graffiti everywhere and half the walls falling down. It's like, Jesus Christ. Sorry, Paul, what were you going to say? Nothing. Moments passed. I'm interested in Johnny's Cup, though. No one can see, I guess, on the podcast. I bet I, a warning I bet you of something. Are. What's the warning? Infectious sweetness, contagious charm can uh, can induce devotion. I think it says. Oh, so this is basically you. Yeah. Exactly. Johnny, Johnny in a cup. Yeah. So before we move on to what Johnny's been up to, Fran, at least <coughs> tell me you had some sausage in Berlin. Yes, actually, we did. We went to a German market and we had some sausage. That was like high on the priority list. <laughs> Got the picture as well. Yeah, I bet Ooh. you did. <laughs> I didn't see that on WhatsApp. Uh, anyway, Johnny. Brett has a lot of pictures about on WhatsApp. Oh. How, di- how bloody dare you? Mandango, isn't it? Yeah, Mandingo. Yeah. I've got another one to uh, to send, actually. I'll send afterwards. Um, so, Johnny, you've not been on a while. Um, what's been happening, brother? I've been in Germany for three weeks. <clears throat> In a place called Rupolin, with lots of skiing, doing some uh, doing some work with the with the British Army. Remember, three weeks. Well, they had snow. The worst snow they've had in seventy five years. It's a lot of snow. I think they must have been thirty foot across three weeks. It's probably a good but job with their skiing. Yeah, it was it was good skiing and shooting was bathroom. That's a good sport. Well, the 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 worrying thing is, it was the British Army. And they can't shoot very well. I'm gonna say it's not really a beginner's sport, though, is it? No, no. Things could go terribly wrong. Very wrong. Yeah, but it's really, it's really well organised and stuff like that. We went to the World Cup before it, so as if the week before was obviously like, like the World Cup. But we've seen, have we seen Bathon before? Yeah, yeah. So all the little black dots they shoot at, like you'd have thirty people on a range, none of them would miss. Like we just went, there must have been. 10 people actually hit totally different like but it was a good act too much didn't drink apart from a couple of pints maybe here and there um apart from that come home straight back to work straight back on shifts lovely how, how, did, how did your prep go uh over there because obviously you prepped quite well for this time didn't you yeah i, I came back i maintained weight so I was happy with that. So I took, what did I take? I went to me, I actually forgot my whey protein gutted. So what I did, I improvised. Well, it's a bit thinking, but other than the pancake mix, I just chucked down a shake instead. I just drunk it. I have done that before by accident. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, thick it is, obviously, because yeah, you don't thick. do much. But I took that over, I had pancakes in the morning, either that or I fasted till the afternoon and then the afternoon the year before we did we gonna have a big cooking 
or cake. So I didn't have any of that. I think maybe we had one. one. So we'd go there and have tuna wrap and salad instead. But so I knew, because you were entertaining people and there's all the people out there, you've got to like, no, well, you've got to, but you end up eating with. So I knew that would be the, <clears throat> the biggest calorie influx. So I saved my calories for that, basically, and I maintained weight. Bear in mind, I'm relatively heavy now, but I still maintained it, which is good. Cool, good. Oh, glad to hear it. Um, so let's let's get on to some content because um, obviously we're a little bit short on time. Um, but we were going to have a little Q and A session, weren't we? So we got a few questions from our following in the group. So, uh, Fran, do you want to take this one? So if I read out the question, yeah. Um, so essentially, it was a question from Elliot. So Elliot asked. Uh, so he wanted basically us to just chat about meal prep when you're out for like a full day. Because basically he works funny hours, which means he can be at the house from breakfast, dinner and tea. Or for those non-British listeners, um, that would be breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, <laughs> rather than breakfast, dinner and tea. It's not a cup of tea. Um, and obviously, he, so for the context of, and maybe we can cover both actually, unless you want to cover one friend and someone can cover the other. But his context is he's trying to actually put on weight. So he's trying to mass um and basically he just tends to basically just throw loads of shit in a lunchbox basically so he's just really after any better tips um i think it would obviously be a good question for people dieting as well so take yeah, sure. whichever you must um so i guess i'll go just general meal prep i suppose and then you can tailor the amounts um and the quantities to whether you're dieting or bulking but what I tend to do, because I'm often kind of on the go, I'm not usually out for breakfast, but I'm often out for lunch and quite often out for dinner as well. Um, but I tend to bulk cook like um, a whole load of potato, a whole load of rice, and sometimes a whole load of pasta as well at the beginning of the week. And then I batch cook chicken and I sometimes batch cook things like sausages or bolognese. Um, and then I literally just have it in the fridge ready uh, to go. And then you can literally just like, take however much you need from each kind of carb source and protein source um, and chuck it in a Tupperware. And I suppose then if you're bulking, you might want to add some fats. So chuck in a handful of nuts, throw on a drizzle of olive oil, um, throw on some avocado, mayonnaise, um, any kind of like fat source you want. Um, and then I guess you can literally just do that. That's probably like, like lunch and dinners um, and just take, fairly large Tupperware and just have fairly large quantities or if you want sort of like a smaller quantity then just increase kind of I suppose uh, the proportion of fat that you have in that given meal so it's a little bit more dense um, and then for snacks as well just really easy things like some of the higher calorie protein bars so you can get some that have like three to four hundred calories in um, you can get uh, little sachets of peanut butter um, Oat cakes are pretty dense, like they're really easy to eat and they're quite dense in carbohydrates. Um, and yeah, so instead of just like chucking in a whole load of random stuff, if at the beginning of the week um, you batch cook some carbs, some proteins, and then have fat sources there as well, um, instead of throwing random stuff together, you're throwing kind of like quote unquote proper food together um, and actually making it into a meal. Would be my recommendation. If anyone has anything else to add? Yes, only because I tasted it. And it's horrific calories. I'm not saying it's great, but I don't know um, John Brady, the guy from PN, oh, yeah. he's got a healthy chocolate you make yourself, which is 
literally double the calories of a, of a big dairy milk bar. So, so imagine three, six, so 15 squares is about 1,400 calories. There we are. That's all, that's all you need. You just need to bar that. It takes you two seconds to eat and you're 14 calories in. 14,000 calories in. I'm assuming in it's all, high protein or something. Then, mate. Where's no, it's where's not. It from? Yeah, it's not really protein, but it's a nice calorie-dense snack. Oh, that you, at the end of the day, you can just stick it in. You worry about calories. And it's it's amazing tasting. Absolutely amazing. Piss over dairy milk. But those calories. Well, that's, just that's helpful. <laughs> yeah. I'd put it in. A bit of broccoli and... <laughs> Chicken and sweet potatoes. Well. I think um, frat broccoli. You are say again, mate. Sorry. Melt the chocolate over your broccoli. <laughs> Dip it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it this way: you wouldn't, you wouldn't have trouble gaining weight, would you? No, probably not. Um, no, I, I prefer Fran's advice. To be honest, mate, trying to at least get some some nutrition yeah. in because. Uh, I suppose it can be quite easy to just resort to junk food when you're trying to gain weight because, you know, you've got more freedom, you've got more flexibility, and then you're kind of less reliant on making the uh, quote-unquote healthier food choices for just for things like satiety. So, yeah, that can um, that can easily just slip, which obviously I've talked about the last few weeks, actually, is probably what happened to me, to be honest, massing to a certain extent. I probably let, not, not horrendously, but I probably let myself have poorer choices than I probably should have done. So, yeah, I prefer Franz, not going to lie. Paul, anything to um, add? No, I like Franz saying. I mean, I think that's, they're both quite good sort of for both ends of the sort of dieting scale, gaining or <clears throat> losing. A grazing type box is something I'd take to take to it. I mean, I'm not the biggest proponent of having breakfast because I'm never hungry at that early in the morning. So if I stocked up and say two chicken breasts and a big if i was dieting a big uh tupperware of salad maybe a small carb sauce and just graze on it through the day as and when as opposed to sitting down for three square meals that kind of always works quite well in my world and i guess i said yeah exactly as fran said you just alter it to your goal yeah so we all love the tupperware i mean i suppose maybe i'll just add just just going revert and slide back and I have just kind of just said that I suppose but because albeit you probably need to from a health standpoint make sure you're still making obviously good food choices so hence the kind of approach France said I suppose you can still be a bit more flexible though when you want to when you're massing so um, not saying do it all the time but maybe you can afford to eat out a bit more so you could probably afford to because a lot of people when they're dieting struggle to bring themselves to buy meals out because they're either worried about the calorie contents or you know worried about the types of choices they have available to them but when you're massing actually it's less of a worry isn't it because you know you can probably find something that fits a, a high calorie uh, requirement yeah i guess uh, and like you say if it's just a strategy for the one-off here and there it's not as big if it's obviously a routine if you're working like a like a johnny shift sort of long day and you've kind of got a, of a better routine for going forward so that you've got the ma- management structure in there. But obviously, and you miss a bit of a meal, doesn't matter. Yes, cool. All right. The other thing, just literally come into my head, is um, things like when you go to a coffee shop, get a higher calories milky drink or like a vanilla latte or something rather than Americano or 
things like smoothies or orange juice or just liquid calories throughout the day where if you're dieting you would have say water or a lower calorie fizzy drink um maybe like one of those you know those in this is it in the smoothies that have like 400 calories in and they're promoted as like very healthy drinks or like fridgy smoothies or fridgy um what you call them milkshakes have like a decent amount of protein in but also they're a good whack of calories you know they're two j's and not an i in the end right so how do you say fridge fridge oh that makes sense right it does make sense yeah yeah you're welcome Uh, okay well um no great i do like fridge milkshakes are amazing as well they did a salted caramel brownie one like a limited edition one um year or so ago we'll say that was mega but i don't advocate drinking calories though but anyway well even if you're massing even if you're really struggling with calories you have to remember you're speaking to the individual who has never struggled to consume calories in his life yes it was very <laughs> so yeah i still have to uh diet when i'm massing if that makes sense Oh, whoa. <laughs> anyway, so, okay, cool. Um, I think we did, did that well. So, um, following on same type of theme, one of the other questions we had was from Chris Edwards where he said, could we speak about dealing with the mental aspects of a gaining phase? We have touched on it a few times, I suppose, and we have touched on it, I think, on one of an episode early, early on about bulking where we, we kind of talked a lot about the psychology of it, but nothing wrong with a refresher. Anyone want to take it? Um, I get what, were you talking anecdotally? Uh, however you want to, so you can either talk about your own personal experience, or you can talk about clients, or you can talk about just general advice if you want. You want. Um, anecdotally for me, it is, that's probably the one of the harder aspects of it, especially as in mine when I sort of, my largest sort of drop in weight when I was with good old Mike from Biceps and Banter, is obviously you spent a long period dieting, <clears throat> dropped the weight off, and then obviously realized, decided, right, we've got a mass now. So it's kind of like you feel like you've hit one goal and then turn around and kind of un- undo, and it feels like you're undoing the good work that you've done, I guess. And that was some, that was quite hard to get my head around. Um, but as we know, go on. I was just say, so how did you then? I'm a good coach. That's always a good thing. Um, I guess you just got to accept that, obviously, you want to, in your massing phase, obviously not go go for gold as it was and just balloon back up. You want to obviously, a controlled massing is obviously the best best sort of approach, as we've just kind of said, as opposed to the bro dirty bulk of just eating as much as possible because you're not going to gain, obviously, that amount of lean muscle in the space of time that you're doing it um so yeah for me it was just accepting that there might be a little bit more a bit of weight or fat gain a little bit but obviously having a good coach that keeps your calorie targets in control and you if you are if you do have a coach obviously and a good relationship having um that kind of trust relationship with the coach i think is a very important factor as opposed to going on your own, where it's very easy to fuck things up, in my opinion. I think if you plan in advance, if you understand, I know you you can never predict, really, but, like, if you can almost, if you look at the evidence, like, was it 0.51% body weight gain a month? If you can look at that and go, right, on the low end, 
is this much weight. On the high end, is this much weight? Just give yourself a target for first month, third month, six months, 12 months. So you know, if you're around that sort of target, you're not going to be gaining excess fat. Not excess, too much fat. And <clears throat> at least then, because you've planned, you know, the evidence says this, the chance I'm going to gain this much muscle, gain this much fat, at least then you know, if you get to that stage when you feel a bit podgy, which you will, at least you can look and think, right, I'm on target here, or maybe I'm four pound over. And you go, well, how long is four pound going to take me to get off? Two weeks. And think, well, is it really that bad if you go four, five, six, even seven or eight pound more at the end of the year? Is that really going to make a difference? Even though you feel podgy, just look how easy it is to take off eight pound. And look how hard it is to gain eight pound of muscle. Totally different game. Totally different. Just think, even if you go, so you were stupid, you went a stone and a half over, 18 pound. 10 weeks of aggressive dieting, then get rid of that. But you can't, you couldn't gain 18 pound in 10 weeks of muscle, clearly, unless you are Ronnie Coleman, which is quite possible then. So I, I, you need to look at long term as well. Most of us have got our shit genetics, but average genetics. So make the most of the bulk. Not saying go dirty, but try not to worry <clears throat> about being a bit podgier. Focus on something else as well. So rather than like, obviously you need to know what you're gaining a week, but look at your lifts. If your lifts are progressing, you're getting heavier. Put gains and muscle in you. So try and change focus as well and look at what you're gaining in the gym as well as what you're gaining on a scale. If you if you're a couple of pound over, but you've gained like 20 kilos in a bench, you're going to be landing in. So yeah, I agree. I think it's that it, you can, like Johnny's saying, shift your focus. So you can have a lot more fun in the gym when you're not in a heavy deficit because it's a fucking ball ache at some times when you go to visit the gym. You've got la- less energy. Your lifts are all deteriorating as, as you get obviously struggling to sort of lift as much then. So, yeah, it is much more fun when you've got a bit of energy and a bit of mass to lift stuff with. I feel like I can lift the world in my weight now. I know I'm quite heavy, like 16 stone, but I feel like I can lift the earth. <laughs> when I will lift, I will lift this bar off, <laughs> this rack off the floor. I can't, oh. but mentally, it's like anything, any weight, you know what I mean, the new. I'll push it every week. It's like, right. When you're okay. done, I can't do that. Oh, what do you think, Brett? What do I think? I think you covered the, the, the main points already. I think what I would probably have, have said. So I guess, I mean, we're, we're assuming that if, if someone's asking about the psychology of weight gain, it's because they are either worried or, or you know, scared of putting on mass or body fat. Um, usually because people have been overweight in the past and Paul, like you said, they've dieted for long periods and then struggled to re- what they see as regression. Um which is not the case, we know, because as you, as you kind of intimated already, that you need to have periods of, of mass in to put on significant muscle mass, I suppose, because we all know that either trying to gain tain or you know trying to build muscle mass while you're, you're in a deficit is pretty much either nigh and impossible or just slow as shit that's just not worth trying. So if you want to be more optimal, you kind of have to go for these periods of bulking and, and, and cutting. Um, so yeah, uh, I suppose like 
the, the points that I was just going to say is just to reiterate and then just add one little thing. So it was definitely focus on if you're worried about putting on mass, then definitely start to try and switch on focus on performance because that can obviously make quite a bigger difference. I, I don't think it is kind of like a silver bullet or there is a silver bullet really to, to do it because inevitably psychology is a complex thing and it's not just going to disappear with someone telling you to, oh, focus on how much weight you're lifting. Um, but I think it can help um, as another stream or avenue of motivation. So that can be good. And I was just going to also say just potentially, um, Johnny mentioned the, the weights, uh, weights, rates of weight gain. And if you are someone that's kind of got some um, issues with, with fear of gaining weight, then just aim for the lower side. I think take it a bit slower. I think you can do it a bit easier. So maybe the, the, the half percent per month um, as, a, as a rate of gain rather than the one and a half percent because I think it will probably help in the long run. The other thing I was going to add before I just waffled for the last two minutes, um, potentially use something like gaining breaks or mini cuts. So obviously people are used to the ideas of diet breaks but there's nothing actually stopping anyone taking gaining breaks if they need and just going to maintenance or even just, as I say, just frequent mini cuts. I'm not suggesting do them loads and I'm not suggesting, you know, like, oh, every every other week do a mini cut because it will just hold your progress. But maybe do more frequent mini cuts than, than you know, the average person if you're a bit worried because, like Johnny said as well, it can be very easy to take body fat off um, and a lot harder to put mass on. So... Um, you can kind of afford to push it a little bit and then just do some quick cuts to, to keep yourself in check. I think that's all I was going to add. Fran, anything? Uh, yeah, I would have reiterated the point of shifting the focus more towards um, lifting weights in the gym. Um, and when I work with people that are gaining weight, most often it's shifting um, away from kind of the scale weight a little bit because obviously it can get into people's heads especially if you're kind of weighing in every day and you get you can kind of see this continuous trend up so I tend to move away from weighing as often and more towards performance in the gym um, like really focusing in on how much energy people have for life and how much energy people have to give um, other things I know that sounds a little bit wishy-washy but Generally, when people aren't in a deficit and are in a surplus, they just feel like they have a bit more spring in their step, maybe a little bit more motivation to go out and actually do things. Um, so I tend to focus or try to help them focus a little bit more on all of these positive things that they can go and do with kind of all of this energy, training really hard, um, enjoying more social occasions, so being more flexible with the diet as well, so not necessarily getting people to track um, sort of so religiously so maybe moving people either towards just tracking calories and protein or um, being a little bit more intuitive on maybe starting with like a few uh, I don't know days where it might be a bit of a ball ache to track where they can just start implementing habits rather than actually tracking things fully um, just to kind of give people that mental release so that when they do go back into the diet it's kind of then a shift towards um Right now, we're kind of gonna like, I suppose, rein it back in a little bit. Um, but it tends to work quite well to get people to uh, have a break from being so um, focused on tracking macros and scale weight, basically. Yeah, I like the um, idea of ditching the scale weight, or ditching tracking weights for a while, and um, even yeah, like you say, even tracking macros really, and just focus on the other side, i.e., the performance that can make quite a lot of difference. Yeah. Cool. Should we get the next one? Yep. Three happy faces, yes. 
Um, breaking through plateaus. So we're assuming that is some sort of training plateau. So, uh, oh yeah, tips, reprogramming, how to get past that glass ceiling. I think maybe first thing you have to think, are you having uh, deloads? Most people, most gym goers will just bang at it one rep max every week, every week, until something breaks. Normally, shoulders from benching every week, one rep max in. I'm not saying that's the person in question does that, but look at your deloads. Uh, how are you, what are you focusing on in terms of plateau? Is it a plateau in weight? on the bar, which it usually is, isn't it? When, <clears throat> say, you can't get above 100k bench for three sets of eight or whatever, add a fourth set, add more volume. As a try something different rather than going for the weight all the time, because it is, is, an, is an end to it. And you're not going to gain all the time every week you go in the gym. There is going to be periods where, depending whether you're dieting or you're bulking, or you're tired, or things are happening, you're under stress. So I would look at deload weeks. Like, i got a client now who we program in for four weeks, but she can go till the end of the fifth, and then feel tired. So we thought, right, no, we'll just change it to the fifth week. So maybe look at the deloads first. Look at how you're actually <coughs> progressing. If you're just going for <coughs> one rep max all the time, don't do that. Try and focus on volume. More volume to an extent, obviously. If you've got if volumes increasing or weights are increasing, then probably going to get bigger. A good big one is better than a good little one. Is that the saying? So if you're a bit, if you're also a bit heavier, that might help you push to a plateau. Like if you're dieting and you're still trying to gain weight on a bar. Probably that is is definitely going to come to an end in it at some point because you're under restriction. Do, do they say whether they're bulking or cutting or? <clears throat> so that would depend on that as well. Where are you in your training plan? Are you natural for another one? Because if you're not, then have the trend. That's the answer well, anyway to everything, isn't it? Yeah, you can just up numbers. Up numbers somewhere along the line. Just up the, M the, up the MGs. That's all you need to do. I think, so one, deloads. Two, are you cutting or bulking if you're dieting? Then you can't really expect to gain weight in the bar every week because you're not going to because you're going to be depleted. Um, <clears throat> what else did I say? I, I was just going to say... Um, so yeah, what Delo is one of the tips I would suggest. But I think before then, what I was going to say is, um, first off, just just ask yourself: Are you actually recovering from your sessions? I mean, this is all obviously under the pretense that you've kind of got a reasonably well structured plan anyway. So, um, you know, so you could take a back a step and say you need to actually assess your entire plan first and just see if it's actually well structured or not. Because um, obviously, if it's not, then all this goes out the window. But just assuming that it is. I was just going to say, are you recovering from your sessions? And obviously, if you are, then I would probably go. Prob I would probably go about adding more volume first. So just ask the question: Can you add more volume without losing form? Um, and if the answer is then yes, do that, and then just see if you could keep progression like that. If you can't, then progress from that because you can't add more volume 
without losing form, um, then that's when I'd probably start to consider, say, okay, well, then it suggests that maybe you're reaching your, your max volume and you should probably start to look at maybe then using more deloads or even using the lower volume periods. So you can kind of just use lower volumes to resensitize and then just kind of build volume up again from there. Um, that's that's kind of where I would probably start. Or an alternative might be just to start changing some of the intensity of your workout. So um, not how hard you sweat, but obviously you could start to the, the relative intensity of the bar. So just start working in lower rep ranges or high rep ranges if you're working on a strength cycle. Just basically just changing some of the, or like, like changing some of the intensity um, just work in different rep ranges and then kind of move back and see if that helps you progress because that could be another way of just just switching things up so obviously there's, there's some good research that they're even just changing from a linear progression to like daily undulating or weekly undulating or any type of undulating can can help as well so and that's that can be without even changing volume you know if you just start mixing up some of your rep ranges from day to day week to week or however you want to do it um that can make quite a lot of difference i quite like picking if you do chest not on one day, but have one lower, so like six to eight, so you can, you know, get out the weights, get a bit heavier, and then the other one, do a higher rep range. I find that works nice for me. I quite enjoy it. Actually, you know you've got heavy sets, and then you've got more moderate yeah. reps. So you build the whole, the 15th range. Huh? I love how six to eight is your lower rep range. Did you get your uh, second the second the pump pump bit from Aaron Lambo? He loves a good pump. Pump. Pump on. Fran, you pump. need to uh, listen to last week's episode. We did slate you a little bit actually. Oh. Can yeah. can I just say before you slate Fran more? Nothing to do with slate. <laughs> I'm not saving you here, Fran. Um I was gonna say also, I'll go back to the coaching side of it. If you have a co- you're uh, you're working with a coach, make sure that get them to assess your technique because people pick up terrible habits and get lazy in their lifts. And having a coach look at you and uh, assess your form and stuff can can also help you then that way lifting more. Yeah, I suppose it's one of those things where your muscle doesn't know the numbers you're lifting. Um, all it really knows is kind of force. Or tension and force production. So, kind of like if you're half-assing and you're using like momentum or inertia or other stuff to, which obviously will take tension off the muscle, that could be where you're going wrong, I suppose. Which obviously is reducing the actual volume you, you're actually doing. So, I suppose that kind of like links in with what I said about can you add more volume without losing form? Because um, you're not really adding volume if you're just, you know, not doing a reasonable. I mean, form's a funny thing because like, yes, I think you should try and aim for near perfect. But obviously it's individual for people's biomechanics, but also um, I think there's also a relative scale in kind of acceptability of form. I don't think it's always going to be something where it's going to be perfect all the time for people. I think certainly as like you get high intensities on the bar, there's obviously going to be more slip on form compared to potentially something with a lower intensity. Um, and I think there's probably, in my opinion anyway, a bit of a, a range of where it's kind of like acceptable. Yeah, 100%. Because I think I think a lot of people, I mean, unless you're doing really, 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 really tiny increments, which let's be honest, most people either don't have like fractional plates or stuff really small. I don't think you can, certainly on the higher intensities, I don't think you can add weight to a bar and not expect your form to slip a little bit. 
I think you have to go through that and work on that before you then put more weight on um, and perfect that form at a higher weight sometimes. So when you do one match, you are you're at literally at the end of your capability and you one round max. Mm. So you're never going to be perfect, you know, form-wise. You'll be as good I mean, as possible one round max, but it's not going to be perfect. No, and obviously you want to always aim for 100% safety, yeah. as if, if that's even achievable, but you know what I mean. You've always got to aim to be safe, but I think there is a certain level of sloppiness that you can accept, um, albeit, you know, it's not a huge range. You know, I'm not talking about bent over dogs doing a shit than a deadlift type of thing, but yeah. I like the guy in my gym who always puts 90k in the bar, never goes above it, never goes below it, probably can never go above it. Who literally imagine using your like this and almost shrugging the bar up, going halfway down and pushing his head up at the same time all at once. And I go, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? How have you got shoulders left? Uh, actually, Fran, I was going to tell you why we slated you, weren't we? Yeah, please do. Um, so I think we were saying I, I think actually right Ed I'm gonna call I'm gonna actually grass you up here I think he called you a a B word uh, for for not turning up on the podcast I know I can't believe it he even said it like it's, it's on record unbelievable I think I think the good news is it was kind of bants in jest I don't think he meant it uh, <laughs> but anyway the reason we then started slate news because we were joking about. Um, the fact that you're obviously at a gym meeting, I think was the phrase that he used. I didn't use it. I know it was like a powerlifting meet, uh, a meeting for your powerlifting club. But um, he was like, what, what can you even meet about anyway? I mean, what are they mean about programming? I mean, and I think I might have said something like, yeah, I mean, it must be really hard to program powerlifting. One rep, two reps, one rep, one to three reps. Must be really hard. <laughs> What's your muck so great? <laughs> Sorry. There's so much more that goes into it than you'd imagine. Like, sure. it is very well thought out. Like, I, I, don't, I obviously don't program for the team. We have coaches that do that, but like, I've seen them do the programming and like talked through why they're doing certain things with them, and it is actually a lot more thought out than that. <laughs> I know. I'm only joking. I just, you I just said it must just funny. Like, you know, how complex could it be when you've got like two rep ranges to work through? <laughs> one and two <laughs> yeah exactly no well i said i think i said one and one to three um, okay yeah and obviously you've got three lifts i mean again how hard could it be all right i know accessory lifts and i know there's more no yeah. lift was the hardest you what in all fairness on the sbs academy the power lifting module was much much so more because you know nothing about it mate i said 90 percent tonight all right billy big bulls but Frank can also call yeah, a, a bitch now as well because he hasn't turned up. Yeah. And yeah, he, he's on a train. He's definitely lying about, oh, my train's been diverted. Yeah. Liar. So I was like, sure, sure you are. Um, okay. Has, uh, has there, <laughs> anyone got more to add about yes. breaking through a plateau? Go on then, Johnny, mm. you got more to add? Take a pre-workout. Oh. <laughs> uh, De novo subs. No. Rich Piano's 5150 because oh. it's like 500 milligrams of caffeine in it. <laughs> just, take, just take two scoops of Ignite. It's got 400 then. What's Ignite? Is that De Novo, was it? Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, okay. the, it's the best. Where can I get it from? 
Because inside subs never go in stock. No, they won't because unfortunately it's got like your Hombi and I think that's how you pronounce it and uh, a couple other things which they can't manufacture over here. So it's apparently. I've tried, tried your home, your home bean. Get, yeah. Give me really bad anxiety. Did it? Can't it? Yeah. Horrible. I, I, when I first had it, I thought my shaker must have had something in the shaker because I was like, oh, there's loads of little floaty bits in it, like a few little specks of like what looked like brown bits. And obviously, I t- that's obviously the bark. But I was like, ugh, I was trying to get it out, chuck it out, <laughs> I was trying to skip it out of the pre workout. Is it thermogenic? Is that right? So, sorry? Is it a thermogenic? Um, no, so, you, uh, well, no, it's, it's basically to help with focus and. Um, it's like a neurotransmitter, something or other. Um, I don't know if you'd call it thermogenic. Let me. Uh, your, your Himbi bark. Um, uh, oh well, apparently it can help erectile dysfunction and low sex drive in women. Not as in erectile dysfunction in women, <laughs> as in erectile dysfunction, comma low sex drive in women. <laughs> oh shit. Um, I should probably find it on uh, our good friends um, examiner dot com. Yeah. Um, I should know this actually because. I have looked at it before. It's a burning compound. Yeah, I don't think that's potentially why it's in it. It's in it for another reason. Um... It says on examine, it um, increases adrenaline levels in the body um, and inhibits a regulatory process in fat cells, which normally suppresses fat burning. So it suppresses the thing that usually suppresses fat burning. Yeah, I think... I've got a feeling that's not why they put it in it, though. Um, unless I'm wrong, but I'm about to tell you. So enhances they, so basically, Ben Escrow's uh, description is enhances energy by increasing levels of neurotransmitters, including dopamine, serotonin, and epinephrine. Works synergistically with caffeine for stronger stimulation. So there you go. But it's also got um, astrogen in it, which enhances the absorption of other ingredients by interactive intestinal transporters making the other ingredients work quicker and better. Uh, caffeine at um, 200 milligrams, theanine, which reduces stress and overstimulation by influencing brain's neurotransmitters. And vasodrive, uh, which improves blood flow. And sodium and potassium citrate, which is for hydration, electrolytes. And citrulline malate, as we know, which is a uh, increases blood flow and is a fatigue buffer. So... There we go. That is the ingredients. This is we're not sponsored actually, and I've got no discount code to give out for De, De Novo, and you can't even buy it in the UK. So why are we even saying this? Why why can't you manufacture your home bean in the UK? Um, I don't know. It's illegal. I don't know. Or you or you can, but you can't do it in sports subs. I don't know. I mean, maybe I need to. I tried your home bean on his own. So whether I might, I might try and guess on that. I don't know. I don't so know, mate. Like, um, maybe it's just the manufacturers just don't do it, or they can't get all the ingredients. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is you can you can buy Utopia, which is a nootropic, not a pre-workout really. Um, although I've taken a pre-workout because it helps you focus. But you can buy a nootropic from Insight Sups, I think they're called. Yeah, because they buy oh. wholesale. Um, lucky for me, obviously, I'm in I'm in the know and I can get mine direct from LJ. So um, yeah, I've got a couple more on the way. It's not cheap though, because obviously we do like a bulk order from the US. Um, oh, you up? How much? Uh, I think I paid about nearly seventy quid for two tubs. 
they're going to say per fifty I, servings. Right, they're going to say per, per tub. I thought you must be drunk. No. Okay. <laughs> All right, whatever. Sort of, you know, around the standard there, yeah, I suppose, around that but, area. But it's good, mate. It's really good. When I think about it, I spend like what a pound twenty, a pound fifty on a monster. Like before a monster. Most of I know. Do you know what? That's exactly. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. why I, I started buying it. Because I was like, do you know what? Actually, I am doing exactly what you just said, Fran. I'm buying a can of Monster or something every day. And I'm thinking, actually, I'm paying like a quid for that. I might as well pay a pound for some proven supplements. Yeah. When doing another order, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Oh, I bet you will. I'll sort you out, mate. Don't worry. I'll sort you out. Um, I think that might be it. I don't think we've got time for another question, really. Unless... I think, uh, yeah. I'll come over this. Do you want to sp speak about any more supplements? Or? Johnny, what's so is the best pre-work you've ever had? I was going to say Yohimba. Sorry, I was going to say what you said about Yohimbine isn't illegal to possess. It's just you have to be a chemist to sell it. There you go. Then that's it. Um, I do, I do know that Andrew Catley wouldn't take it because um, I believe he drives trains for a living, and he said he said, uh, albeit he's not sure whether it's, it'd be allowed to, to have it in the system or not, when not when driving a train necessarily, but obviously at any point. Um, he didn't want to risk losing his job over it, so which is fair. I don't know whether it's on a banned substance list, actually. Yeah, it is. Powerlifting. Well, we had a drugs, um, drugs talk the other night, basically check all of your prescription medication and stuff, because there's so much that's not allowed in competition or you're not allowed to take. So things that I wouldn't really think twice about, like day and night nurse... Um, isn't allowed sort of like around your competition that sort of thing so you have to make sure that everything's in form score everything's batch tested and nothing that you're taking has any ingredients in that might flag up on a drugs test mm. yeah. just berserk just jam loads of test prop and you only make sure it's just done you've done the job done isn't it you've got all these bad stuff and then people are still jamming loads of gear in them so what's the point well if you get caught mate then you can't actually compete if you get caught if Which you more get caught no, probably not, but... Um, just slight... No, go on. I was going to say, most of the competitions I've been at, they do a fair amount of drugs testing. They take off maybe top three, two or three from each class and test them. Yeah, but that's still also, even if you get tested, you still got to get caught. Yeah, I know, but... That's the thing. They do usually catch a handful. There was a guy last year at the competition that I'm doing in a couple of weeks' time who took diuretics to make weight didn't even make weight but then got caught with them in his system and got back years what did he take you know i don't know yeah. just it didn't really i don't think the statement said but it was some sort of diuretic to help him cut down to a he, certain club he should have just taken like fucking shit ton of vitamin c or something yeah but yeah exactly <laughs> just, um, did you see on insta that Carlton has just dieted and realised he didn't have to diet. Yeah, but that's typically Carlton, isn't it? Doesn't mm -hmm. read properly, the lad. I don't know why I said it in like a Yorkshire accent. He's from Oldham. Yeah, then he just turned 23, 24. Ridiculous. That, what's that got to do with anything? Don't know. He just looks older than he should be. Is that because he's bald? No, he looks... Ouch, he's going to hate that. It's he's right. that. He's precious about his hair. He hasn't got any to be precious about. No, no. He sent me a video of uh, the first time he shaved it. He, he sent me a video and he suddenly pulled his cap off and he was like, what the fuck have I done? 
<laughs> I was like, oh, mate, you, look, you embrace it. You look good. No one else thinks he does, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's funny what Paul said. He, uh, I thought was it 80, he thought he had to get down to like 84 kilos or something. And yeah. um, he thought he had something like 0. 0.4 of a kilo leeway. And it turns out it was like four kilo leeway. So <laughs> he got down to 84 kilos. He didn't even need to diet. And obviously, I bet he's quite pissed because hasn't he just spent like two weeks in Jamaica or something, like dieting? Yeah, like his food. Yeah, and he's thinking, oh, he could have just been eating everything. Instead, he's having to like suffer, which is a shame because obviously you don't want to go somewhere nice and then have to restrict the entire time. But never mind. Mm. Never mind. Um, okay, have we got anything else to plug or shout out? okay well usuals then join the facebook group if you're not in it uh please leave us some reviews we haven't had any reviews since the uh the vegan one that slated us so um none of any comments anyway we've had a couple of five stars but no one left any comments what the vegans say? Eh? uh basically we got and i believe it's your fault um but basically we apparently have got a little bit biased against vegans um and i didn't also feel that we were particularly evidence-based on it either which me and Ed covered, don't worry, we said we actually don't believe, we think that's quite unfounded um, and not fair because we're not being biased against vegans at all. We've just highlighted the issues with a vegan diet and gave some actually rational or helpful tips to how to, to counter some of those That's also issues. the issue with a lot of vegans, not all, but some of them, not, they, they will see the evidence in their face and they will not accept it. Yeah. To, be fair, to be fair, it wasn't a horrendous review. Um, it was like a, a, a three star, maybe a four star. And she, they did start, I say she, it sounded written like it was by a female, but I don't think we ever know. But it did say something like, uh, really used to, well, I, I do really enjoy these podcasts list every week, but I think lately there's been a bit too much bashing of vegans, which, as I said at the time, I think it's a bit unfair because I don't think we have really. No. A good friend of mine's vegan, but she, she's funny with it as well. She takes, she takes the banter and she will give, she'll dish it up, but she's good with it as well. Really good, mate. That's probably one of the only vegans I've ever seen who does that. Yeah. Well. Um, so, yeah. So, leave a review, please. Um, that would be really nice if people would do that. Um, yeah. I'll just I'll shout out the photo shoot clients because, obviously, they're all, every single one of them are smashing it. I think we're, like, most of them are averaging, you know, what we, this is the third week in? Yeah. So yeah. The third week in. And uh, most of them are smashed easily four or five pounds loss which is nice. So um, that's not like, you know, anyone's particularly heavy at the moment to to have loads to lose because obviously they're going to be looking diced on the photo shoot. So honestly, that's showing how well everyone's doing. So, yeah. And obviously loads, of, loads of interaction in that little community, which is nice. I'm sure, and I'm gutted actually that I can't be there, but um, I'm sure the shoot day would have been fantastic. Yeah, that's going to be good. Yeah. I cannot be enough now. Hmm. Cool. Any more? Loads, of, loads no. of shake shaking heads, but no one's speaking. Well, no. thank you all. Lovely to see you. I'm glad. Can we have more regular, not more regular tenors, more people together? As in, you know, it's nice having this many people. There's only one more. There's only Ed left. Oh, fuck Ed. He can stay off, to be fair. He's probably off eating some sort of gammon steak in a pub or something. He's such a, he's such, such a pineapple and gammon man, isn't he? With the gin and tonic. Yeah. Hey, come on now. That's not not gin. No, to be fair, no, I, li- no. I like gin. You know, I think I think gin's a bit gay. Oh, I can't say that. No, you can't say that, Johnny. 
Jesus. <laughs> I like that we marshaled Johnny at the start of it on the R word, and now he's just chucked in. Okay, I'll go the opposite way. It's a bit of bad, isn't it? A couple of years now, it'll be something else. It'll be bored, <laughs> really weird, like a. Well, is this, is this being homophobic, or is this... No, I just... It, it, me and my mate, I've known him for 15 years, it just end up saying, just gay means nothing, like, I just asked no, gay. It's, it's, oh, no, it's the pro- it, like, no, it doesn't, because you're brought up as as a child at school where everyone just uses it all the time for... Yeah, it's exactly like, oh, it's gay, I got like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Johnny, you're no longer at school, though. <laughs> 35-year-old male. <laughs> Unbelievable. Right. We're, I, I just want to apologise on behalf of Johnny if we offended anyone with his opening comment and his closing comment. Yeah. <laughs> right. Would, it go, would increase. Would it be better if I didn't talk? No. The funny thing is, people always say that they're the one you, or you're the one they like the most. I don't know how that is. Must just be the accent. It is. Just nothing comes across offensive. Treat them mean, keep them keen, as they say. Well... Tell that to Shelley. <laughs> She's marrying me, so it must yeah, be doing. That's what I mean. Yeah. Jesus. Right. I'm... Anyway, you need to start thinking of stag do places. It's going to be next year. Vegas. Well, funny enough. Vegas. The, the best man said, "I said, oh, should go to Vegas." I said, "Yeah, let's just see how much it costs to rent a Lambo." I thought, oh, four hundred quid, we'll do it. Four grand. Yeah. Six hours. I said, yeah, maybe not then. What for the, the Lambo for the wedding? No, just for the stag do, just for one day, four grand. One what, person. Why do you want a Lambo for the stag do? If you're gonna to go to Vegas, you may as well do it properly, new. Mate, I went to Vegas for my stag do, and I did it properly. I swear down, but it didn't include a Lambo. Didn't need a Lambo. Hangover? Was it like the hangover? Mate, one person ended up in the state Nevada, old Nevada state prison. Yes, so very good. Yeah, <laughs> that's a story for not this podcast. You should tell that story. Be fun. <laughs> on, no, on that note, I'm signing off because that is not going yeah. out. Because if you're getting arrested in Vegas, you must be doing something really, really wrong because you can do anything in that state. Well, you can shoot guns. Well, you I, I people and get away with it. Yeah, I, I did shoot guns. Lucky enough, I didn't get arrested because I didn't shoot anybody. Um, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely, we're not putting this on the podcast. So, um, on that note, thank you all for listening. Hope it's enjoyable, and ta-da. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.